0: Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Together, I want to use the first reading that is assigned for the liturgy of today. I hope you are off to a good start today. We're going to pray for your intentions. Feel free to leave them in the comments. And we'll all pray for one another. Let's get started by once again turning away from our sins and asking the Lord's grace to live a holy life today. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, we do come before you today aware of our sins and repenting of all of them. Show us our sins more clearly, Lord, not that we may be discouraged, but rather that we may be encouraged, knowing that mercy triumphs over judgment mercy triumphs over sin enable us to exercise that same mercy to all our brothers and sisters in thought word and deed enable us to love as the readings of today urge us command us to do enable us to love lord god by sending your holy spirit who is love that he may love in us and through us continue to help us to walk in holiness and grace that we may possess eternal life now and have it unfold perfectly and fully in eternity. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The reading today comes from the 13th chapter of the letter to the Hebrews. Let brotherly love continue. Do not neglect hospitality, for through it, some have unknowingly entertained angels. Be mindful of prisoners, as if sharing their imprisonment, and of the ill-treated as of yourselves, for you also are in the body. Let marriage be honored among all, and the marriage bed kept undefiled, for God will judge the immoral and adulterers. Let your life be free from love of money. But be content with what you have, for he has said, I will never abandon you or forsake you. Thus we may say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, and I will not be afraid. What can anyone do to me? Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The word of the lord thanks be to god well that reading is full of guidance for life isn't it we could take that reading and reflect on it meditate it examine our conscience on it all day and that is gold in those just those few sentences we just read from the word of god what i want to focus on the first one let brotherly love continue you know love It's the most misused, abused, and confused word in the English language. It's applied to so many things. It has so many different layers of meaning and so many different layers of misapplication. I love my dog, I love ice cream, I love my wife, I love my mother, I love God. five different little phrases with the word love. Each of them obviously means something different. And sometimes the word love is used to cover sinful actions as are mentioned in this passage like adultery even abortion brothers and sisters what does it mean to love another person we love other people in thought in word and in action i just want to consider love for a moment Looking at all these three dimensions, and of course, as always, apply it to our love for the unborn, the love we are called to have, the smallest human beings. But just starting in a generic sense, we're called to love as the greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with your whole heart, mind, soul, and strength. Right? Jesus repeats this from the Old Testament. This is a command that goes across both both phases of salvation history, old, covenant, and new. Love the Lord. Notice it says, with all your mind. It starts in the mind. Your heart, your soul, your strength. Of course, your actions. Love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus says these two go together. So we have to love God and neighbor. But the mind is where it starts. How do we think? How do we think of God? Do we, first of all, acknowledge his existence, his power, and that only he deserves our total loyalty? Thinking about the faith, do we believe his word, or do we allow doubt to enter our mind? How do we think of our neighbor? Do we give the best possible interpretation to their actions or omissions? This is part of love. Do we think well of others, or do we think, evil of others it starts that a love doesn't start in the heart it starts in the head various scriptures about this paul writes to the corinthians for example in his second letter bring every thought into captivity to christ now that means first of all accept his teachings listen to those teachings think on those teachings when and when we first say amen and we believe those teachings because of the authority and truthfulness of god Then our mind needs to think about those things and analyze them. That's what theology is. Theology starts with faith and then applies the mind to understand more deeply the truths that the faith has accepted. Think on these things. Bring every thought into captivity to Christ. To Christ, who talked about love, kindness towards others, when Jesus said, Do not judge lest you be judged where where is judgment in us it's an action of the mind jesus again is saying paul is saying we should say what jesus said bring every thought into captivity to christ he says do not judge now you have to judge actions so we can say of a particular activity stealing killing abortion homosexual activity We could say of the action, this is contrary to the will and law of God. Because the will and law of God has been spoken. It's not a mystery. He tells us. So we can judge an action according to what we know about the commands of God and what we know about that action. That's a judgment of the mind to link the two and to say, well, this action is wrong. Jesus does not forbid that. Jesus commands that. But when he says do not judge, there's an additional question. If the person that you're thinking about did that action, that's the first aspect of judgment. Did they do it? Now, you may know for sure that they did it. Maybe they even say that they did it. You may be doubtful whether they did it, or you may know that they didn't do it. You can't judge what you don't know. So you can't make a judgment that somebody did something, if you're not sure. And then if you know that they did it, well, what was going on in their mind and heart? Did they understand at that moment that what they were doing was wrong? Were they under some particular pressure that limited their freedom? This is where And, and where do they stand now with God in their heart and mind and conscience? And then did they repent? Did they turn away from that? These are mysteries. What the moral law requires is not a mystery. What is going on inside of a person is. And that's where Jesus says, well, you can't get into that space. Very often, not even the person himself or herself can get into that space. We don't understand our own actions. Leave the judgment to God. That's what Jesus is trying to say. Uh, St. Paul talks about thinking. In uh, Philippians, let's go there for a moment because Philippians chapter four has a beautiful passage because this is helping us to love. Let me go to Philippians four, starting with verse eight. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is gracious, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, Think about these things. Bring every thought into captivity to Christ. What are we thinking about? Love doesn't begin in the heart, it begins in the mind. Are we thinking good thoughts during the course of the day? Or does our mind turn towards depressing thoughts, evil thoughts, malicious thoughts? doubts, doubts about God, doubts about others? Does our mind go into areas that would lead to gossip? Remember, starts in the mind, then it goes to the lips. We'll get to that in a second. But if we start to ponder the imponderable, if we start to judge arenas that we can't reach, we're veering off the course of love. Let me speculate as to why a person did a certain thing. Let me cogitate over why somebody didn't get back to me. Rule of love. Give the best interpretation to people's actions. It's not the same as being naive. It's just being humble enough to know that we don't know. I don't know what's going on inside the mind and heart of a person. I know what the moral law says, and I can urge them to follow the moral law and to repent of any sins that they may have committed, that I can do, that I must do. But to pretend to know what's going on inside the heart and mind of another person. So, I, I mean, so I'm in a crowd. I spot someone at a distance that I know. That person looks at me, that person starts moving towards me, and then they turn around. They go the other way. How do I know why they turned around? That's happened to me. That's happened to all of us at one time or another. Maybe they turned around because there was a a cell phone in their pocket that started buzzing and they knew they were waiting for an urgent call from their friend who's with another friend who's about to come out of surgery. How do I know what's going on? I don't. Bring every thought into captivity to Christ. Now, from the thinking where love starts, and I give the best interpretation to other people's actions, even if they might not deserve the best, but what does God say, too, about love? He says, the Father, he said, love your enemies, pray for your persecutors, because the Father makes the sun shine and the rainfall upon both the good and the bad. So that's what we have to do starting in our mind. And then it goes to our lips. What we think about someone is going to affect what we say about them. Out of the abundance of the heart, Jesus said, the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart. So if the heart is filled with good, see, that's where the good intentions come in. Okay, so the mind has good thoughts, refrains from judging people. It judges actions, but not people. But then the heart talks about the intention. So this is where goodwill comes in. Purity of heart, purity of intention. What does that mean? Do I really want what's good for other people? Or do I want what is evil for them? To want what is evil for another person in the heart is a grave sin if I want what is good, that's the Lord saying, the sun, the rain fall on the just and the unjust alike. I truly want good for my enemies. Now, that means they're going to have to repent of a lot of their, their evil doing, but I want truly what is good for the other person. This is opposite to, I want to harm the other person, I want to kill the other person, I want the other person not to enjoy the benefits of certain things that they have or that they might have. I don't want that person to have so much influence, so much power. Maybe it's because of envy, they have something that I want, so if I can deprive them of it, I can get it. Evil intentions of the heart, this is what the Lord means. When he says to have purity of heart, set your heart on what is good set it on god desire god above all if you desire god above all you're not going to desire to get what that person has at the expense of loving that person evil intentions versus good intentions i want to manipulate that person i want to steal from that person I covet that person's goods. I covet that person's wife. Here's a breaking of the the last of the two commandments in the Ten Commandments. The mind, the heart, the lips. Psalm 15 begins like this. O Lord, who will journey in your tent? Who shall dwell on your holy mountain? He who walks blamelessly, who does what is right, and speaks the truth from his heart. Who does not slander with his tongue. And does no evil to his friend. Nor takes up a reproach against his neighbor. He who does these things shall never be moved. So notice what the psalm says about acting blamelessly. Again, starting in the mind and the heart. What am I thinking? How am I Judging what is my intention. And he talks here about slander with his tongue. Now, the Apostle James, you know, in the letter to James, the letter of James, in the scriptures, remember he talks about the tongue as a little spark that starts the fire or the little rudder that steers the big ship. The tongue can be a fountain of good and of blessing. It can be a fountain of evil. We are not to slander with our tongue. We are not to make up stories about others. And we are not to spread things, even if they be true, that hurt another person's reputation. Again, this is different from upholding the moral law. where we're. Ta- but the difference is we're talking about the law. We're not talking about that person. He who does not slander with his tongue. The spiritual writings over the ages are filled with instructions about all of this how we think how we how we speak of other people we are to love in thought in word and indeed speaking well of others whether it's to their face or to others is such a blessing for you and for them speaking well of them you know sometimes i've given this as a penance in in confessions, when somebody has confessed to me that they've slandered someone or that they, they've spoken ill of somebody and they didn't really know uh, what the person had in their mind and heart, how could they? I tell them, well, as a pen and say something good about that person. Especially if you said something bad about that person to specific people, go back to those same people and retract it or say something good instead. Praise a person's reputation, praise a person. You know, people have a right to their reputation. It's not a favor that you give them. People have a right to it. All of this, brothers and sisters, is part of love. All of this is how we live out the very first line of today's reading. Let brotherly love continue. Let it continue. Build one another up. And you will be doing the will and the work of God. Let's pray. Lord God, we pray for each person listening now. We pray, Lord, that we may indeed think well of others, not give negative interpretation to their actions, that we may praise others and not slander or be guilty of calumny, or or calumny, detraction, or defamation. Lord God, these things grieve you. These things offend you. These things separate us from you. Let us instead be united with you by doing, as Paul says, to think of things that are praiseworthy, just, and true. Lord God, help us to let brotherly love continue and let our thoughts and our words translate into the actions that truly serve one another and truly serve your kingdom. We gather together all our prayers and intentions, Lord, and now we pray in the words that Jesus gave us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Well, brothers and sisters, um, I, actually one other thought I wanted to add to all of this. How we think and speak about the unborn leads to how we act towards them. Professor William Brennan wrote a book called Dehumanizing the Vulnerable When Word Games Take Lives. Look that book up. It talks about how when over the course of history people have oppressed others, discrimination, oppression, genocide, holocausts, It always is accompanied and preceded and justified by dehumanizing language. How we think and speak of the unborn leads to how we treat them. Roe v. Wade said they were not persons. People call them parasites, pieces of tissue, products of conception. Just like when people were oppressing our Jewish brothers and sisters, calling them non-persons or parasites or this dehumanizing language proceeding from dehumanizing thoughts leads to dehumanizing actions of oppression the unborn are persons the unborn are our brothers and sisters the unborn deserve our best thoughts and our most praiseworthy words let's intercede for them now And pray to our Heavenly Mother, the Mother of Life. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Lord, send your blessing upon us today. Protect us, and keep us on the path of love. In Jesus' name. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, it's great to pray with you and to reflect with you, friends. Have a great day, and I will talk to you. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.